Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Dykes, talking to you about you and your business. Always like to talk to my friend, Alex Brill. He is uh, now, you're kind of a long-time regular, I could say, on the Price of Business Show. He's on frequently. Uh, he's with the American Enterprise Institute. He's a fellow with them. And uh, he has also uh, got a phenomenal background, including working for the White House, as well as being the chief economist at one point with the House Ways and Means Committee, which is certainly the most influential and powerful committee in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, Alex, always love having you on the program. Uh, love getting into uh, some important uh, economic discussion. AEI.org is your website. Uh, a little bit more about AEI before we get into our topic, and welcome. Thank you, and, and Happy New Year. It's always great to be on the show. Um, yeah, the American Enterprise Institute is a great place to work, and it's a, it's a great website to visit um, with uh, chock full of of good information, I think, uh, from a, a variety of scholars. I do a lot of fiscal, economic, tax, and budget policy there. Um, and you can see the things that I've, I've written. They get posted there as soon as they, they go live. And, uh, and there's a whole bunch of other interesting topics that are covered, uh, from foreign policy to social and domestic policy and, and other economists as well. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I'm a huge fan of AEI. Uh, it's amazing how many uh, of nonprofit think tanks I used to like and no longer like. Uh, but AEI remains <laughs> because they've gotten weird, man. They've got agendas uh, that are beyond the perimeters of a normal think tank, in my opinion. And there are slaves to how they get their funding in a way that AEI somehow has figured out how to navigate around and be able to stay true to its principles, uh, where a lot of think tanks have either closed their doors because they couldn't figure out how to do that, or they have just jumped a shark, to use a Happy Day show reference. <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's, it's a very, very uh, difficult situation for think tanks, in my opinion. And I, I love AEI for staying true to its founding values and principles. Okay, we're going to talk about a topic I know is right up your alley and one that uh, we're hearing, you know, when we talk about concerns about uh, the, the new Republican caucus, uh, you know, we, I almost want to call it the Republican circus in the House. I mean, that was getting a speaker. I've never, never seen anything like that. I've read about that, but never seen anything like that. And it was very, very uh, hard to watch, frankly. Um, but now they've got some governing to do, and one of the biggest issues is the debt limit ceiling. That's the one topic I'm hearing over and over again. What are these people going to do about that? And with that, kind of such a stage for us. Sure. So um, obviously on the political side, you know, Republicans are making a major transformation from being in the minority in the House, um, the party, the opposition party, um, into the uh, uh, the majority party where they have to um, should and hopefully will uh, find a way to to lead and to govern and the the role in the house of between the majority and the minority parties are, are are very stark it's not like the senate where there's tons of cooperation all the time and, and everybody has a voice and so that transition um, for a, a, a party that has a lot of relatively new members um, uh, is is going to be a challenge and we see that you know that that speaker mccarthy is is working on finding his way and his uh his party's way his caucus's way of transitioning into the governing majority there's going to be a lot of internal tensions for the party obviously we saw that play out in the speakers in the race for the speakership 
Um, and we're going to continue to see that play out through the year. But, you, you know, you mentioned the debt limit, and one of the issues that's um, non-negotiable, an issue that is going to come um, before the Congress as a, as a must-do item, is in some form or fashion raising the statutory debt limit. It will become binding sometime this summer. Oh, man. And this summer's coming fast, you know, and you got in this whole situation, a pretty large group, even a group that finally at the end either voted for uh, uh, McCarthy, McCarthy or uh, at least voted present so he could get an elected speaker, so bizarre, that really would like to see him fail. Uh, I see that in the GOP. They would like to see him fail so they can say, I told you so, even though they eventually acquiesced. Uh, and so it's a very difficult situation, and it's already tenuous uh, as is without having a divided caucus like he has. And, you know, you talked about it must be dealt with, and I hear that, yet it becomes has become more and more common, particularly since the 1990s, uh, for the Congress just to you know, push the envelope, see what happens. Yeah, let's go ahead and risk our credit rating, which is literally what happens when you default on a loan, regardless of what kind of institution you are. Um, such incredibly irresponsible behavior. And I look at the situation, and I can, you know, it doesn't take many to torpedo a consensus on this. You know, all the Democrats could be the grown-ups, which generally, you know, I'm just as critical of them as just Republicans. I'm very bipartisan that way, uh, Alex. But, uh, you know, they can be the grown-ups and say, hey, we'll, we'll go with the flow. We want to see something pass. And yet the Republicans in a Republican-controlled House could figure out how not to get something done, uh, you know, in spite of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, and, and you're not going to get complete consensus when you look at the uh, AOC wing of the Democrats without a Speaker Pelosi uh, keeping a grip. It, it, it's not going to be as lockstep. She had a unique, you can dislike her all you want, as I have on many points, but Pelosi knew how to manage a house. Ain't going to have that anymore with uh, the new leadership. It just got mess written all over it. I think this will be very different than the than the House that we've seen in the past. And I think with respect to Democrats and the debt limit, I think you're exactly right. Um, I would not be surprised at all if Democrats put forward um, an effort to uh, what they would call a, a clean vote on the on raising the debt limit. That they would just say, "Look, this is not something to mess around with. We need to raise it. We need to be responsible. We can't risk the the credit rating of the the." Uh, the Treasury, um, and that they will work to bring that bill uh, to the floor, what's called a discharge petition. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens at all. Um, and some Democrat and some Republicans may be tempted to go along with that. May say, yes, you know, we do have a debt problem. We do. We really, really do. We have a spending problem primarily, which is causing that debt problem. That's what I believe. But the debt limit is about commitments that we agreed to in the past. And so we need to cut future spending um, and grow the economy so that we get our, our debt under control. But that's not what the debt limit's about. The debt limit is about paying the bills for the, uh, on, the, uh, on the promises we've already made. Um, and that, that's just simply the fact and the mechanics of it. I think Democrats are going to be making that point. Some Republicans are going to be um, inclined to go along with that argument. And that's going to be a big political problem for Kevin McCarthy because he will have a fracture in his party where some will want to go um, w with that consensus 
Um, and some will say, no, this is the, the hill we want to die on, right? This is the fight we want to have. We cannot let this happen without, you know, whatever the other demands may be, significant spending cuts in essence, um, which will be a non-starter in the Senate and, and at the White House. And so that's where this tension comes and this split comes within the House uh, GOP caucus. Um, and somehow that's going to have to be resolved because we are going to need to pass legislation to raise or suspend uh, the debt limit. Yeah. And you and, I, you, know, you and I both know, I got up there, you know, before you, I was in there in the 80s. I was part, I was a foot soldier in the Reagan revolution in uh, 80 and, and worked on that campaign, worked for Gordon Humphrey from New Hampshire and then found myself in think tanks, you know, the revolving door and how all that works. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the 80s and to a certain extent, and I was an admirer and remain an admirer of the work that Reagan did, but that is where a lot of strangeness began. <laughs> you know, the the idea of, of uh, the job of a legislator is of a legislator is to get things done, be he in the House or the Senate, really began to be chipped away at. And I understand defending principles and trying to uh, prevent bad laws happening, but somewhere along the way, it just felt like the uh, the desire, uh, particularly on the hard left and the hard right, was to simply prevent progress unless it was perfect progress according to their view. And, boy, that's very difficult to get things yeah. done. I mean, by the time yeah. you got there, I was already working in D.C., I mean, in Houston, and uh, doing talk radio by the time you got there. I mean, it was even crazier, frankly, when you got there. A lot happened while you yeah. were there. I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. <laughs> it was during the I 90s, like I think. That of, things... I feel like you're sort of blaming me, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in the 90s, so that when things, you know, really did get kind of bizarre. And, and I thought, it can't get any worse. But then again, I see it all the time, Alex. I mean, it's very strange. They, they really put a lot of pride and what they don't get done. Yeah. So when I worked up there, I worked, uh, you know, as you mentioned at the top of the, the head for the House Ways and Means Committee, I worked for um, Congressman Bill Thomas from Bakersfield, California. That's the congressional seat that, that Kevin McCarthy now holds. Bill Thomas, um, you know, the Wall Street Journal, they called him the mailman because he always delivered, right? He was a legislator. He believed in the process of legislating. He believed that he was elected to pass laws to and, you know, make the laws better. You know, we can debate what better is, you know, but 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 he wanted to change the laws for the better. Not this other alt this other framework which is increasingly popular as you described, which is to come to Congress to do nothing, to block anything from happening. So it, the the job of a legislator is to legislate. Um and you need to find the laws that don't work and you got to find the solutions to to those problems. And then you got to work, work to pass those bills. And that's that's what he did. He did it very, very effectively. He passed a lot of legislation when he was chairman. And that's the dynamic that that's the, the dynamic that's being tested. You know, is that the is that the role of the chairman of the committees? Is it to pass legislation or is it to prevent legislation from being passed? And hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, the Republicans will, as they come into the majority here, mature very quickly into understanding their responsibility, which is to legislate. It's to legislate, in my view, for limited government, for, you know, reduced burdens on, on citizens and taxpayers, uh, for economic efficiency. But you don't do that by doing nothing. You do that by legislating. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think you know when I got there, it was kind of the uh, the, and so you might be, want to blame me. Uh, it was like the <laughs> dust. It was the dusk of cooperative government. You know, Bob Michael, the uh, House Republican leader, when I first got there, yeah, I'm that old. Uh, you know, he, he and Tim O'Neill would go play golf, you know, and they would talk to each other, and they were cooperative, and they have conversations about what we could get done. And uh, I, I don't think ever in Republican leaders' minds did the idea of, yeah, we can't let this big thing happen because it's going to be beneficial to the president. He'll use that against us in the next campaign. I don't think that was a very common type of thinking. Uh, you know, it, it has become so adversarial, somewhat sports-like, that they don't want big wins if the big wins give any credit to the opposition party. And that's really difficult to govern it like that. Right, right. Right, and that's the challenge of divided government. And I had the you know the privilege when I worked up there to, to work for during a period of time where mostly – uh, the the House, Senate, and the White House were under um, unified Republican control, and so that makes a different dynamic than when you have the the situation that's at, at, in front of us today, where House Republicans are are viewed by many conservatives as the 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 one body that's going to stop um, Democrats from from legislating um, to make things worse, and and therefore in that framework, you know, stopping things is the is is the success. Um, but the, that would be fine if the if the the laws and the rules that we had on the books today were pretty good, you know. If the if revenues and 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 spending were were reasonable, if, if we had the deficits under control, then you know maybe you know taking a pause at, at in legislative activity wouldn't be terrible. But we face a lot of challenges as a country. You know, we, we you know we're on the brink of of you know, coming out of a pandemic. We have crazy inflation. I, mean, I don't need to tell you that there are challenges, right? The debt's out of control. The you know, government needs to be right-sized. And so stopping everything is not the solution. It's finding the policies that are going to help make the, the country, you know, grow more predictably. Mm -hmm. Do you think this caucus is going to mature enough to be able to, to lead? You know, what, what I would think they'd want to do, the Republican caucus would want to do, is present to the American voters why they should have more members after 2024. That's what I think they would be thinking about, right? But I'm not hearing a lot of rhetoric that would make Americans go, oh, these guys are going to get stuff done. There's a lot about, uh, quote, accountability. And, yeah, let there be accountability. But to me, it looks more like uh, revenge than it does, uh, you know, real, real accountability. Uh, I, don't, I hear a lot yeah. about uh, puritanical. puritanical. I, I think people are exhausted by investigations, to be perfectly honest with you. It doesn't mean we can't have some, and certainly should have some, and they could do it forever because of how corrupt both parties seem to be. But, you know, yeah. I think people want more, and I think that uh, they're going to have a hard time getting it from this Congress, from this House. I, I, yeah, I, I wrote about this, um, um, uh, I guess, uh, maybe the end of November, just after the, the election, um, look, and made made the point that you know that the uh, Republicans not only did they 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 won five seats it's a slim majority but they won those five seats by a slim majority right some of those five seats were very closely contested um, and so that uh, it is uh, by the skin of their teeth that they that they hold these gavels 
um, and they should be working on on strengthening their majority going forward. And the way to do that, in my view, during this time when you know when we're in divided government, would be to really invest in developing those policies. Whether or not those policies become law, they probably won't become law in the next two years. But there's an opportunity with the gavels that holding the chairmanship of all the committees, committees to really develop those ideas, to test those ideas. This is yeah. congressional hearings. This is, you know, introducing legislation, getting input from the public, shopping these ideas around, um, you know, outside of Washington, so that as Republicans, if Republicans gain um, more, uh, more majorities, a majority in the Senate perhaps, um, a bigger majority in the House and, and maybe the White House, that they're ready to go. And we saw Paul Ryan do this. We saw Paul Ryan spend years developing tax reform ideas before those ideas were, were enacted into law in 2017. So that's a playbook for this yeah. idea, this process. And Republicans in the House Alex, are wise to do that now. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm sorry, we're, we are playing beat the clock. Whenever you're on, I kind of ignore the clock, and then I realize we're pushing up to the end of the segment here time-wise. Alex Brill. He's with AEI.org, one of my favorite uh, recurring guests here on the program. Love having you on, and look forward to chatting with you again soon. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. I am Kevin Price. Stay tuned for more.